Good morning. Uh, my name is Dawson Stockdale. Um, I, uh, I, with my wife Catherine, we lead one of the GCs in Arlington. Um, we have met over two times now, so we're really on a roll. Um, but today I'm going to be reading about joy. We love hearing good news, especially when we're the first to know. Today, the ability to share exciting news with others is quick and easy. Sometimes too quick and easy, if you ask me. But things were obviously very different in the time Jesus was born. When something happened, such as the birth of a child, heralds often spread that news. Families welcoming new babies, whoops, if they had the means to do so, would hire someone to go throughout the community and announce their happy news. Mary and Joseph was, were of humble means, and they did not have the ability to do this. But God himself provided a company of heavenly heralds to proclaim the birth of his one and only son. So imagine this scene. Shepherds on the midnight watch, ears and eyes open for signs of danger, sheep bleating in the background, and then out of nowhere, an angel of the Lord, the glory of God, and news of a promise perfectly kept. It's amazing that God chose this group of men as the first to hear the good news. In the time of Jesus' birth, people regarded shepherds as liars and thieves. Because they were nomadic, moving from place to place to graze their flocks, people didn't really trust them. Yet it was to, these, or to men such as these that God announced the Messiah's coming. He told them first, not royalty, not the religious leaders of the day, but shepherds, lowly and insignificant. He invited them into his story and then mobilized them as the very first evangelist. As soon as they heard the news of Jesus' birth, the shepherds felt compelled to act. They went with haste, leaving their flocks behind to find Mary, Joseph, and the Savior child lying in a manger. And once they beheld the one through whom salvation would come, they spread the word of all that had taken place. We are like these men, unlikely recipients of an unbelievable reality. Just as God, God called the shepherds to witness and testify to Christ's birth, so we are called to herald the saving work of his death and resurrection. Boom. Nailed it. As believers, we have been invited into this story, sent out as heralds of both Jesus' first coming and his second. As we consider the shepherds, let us respond as they did to this good news of great joy with amazement, belief, and worship. And we will light the candle of joy, if you just did. Actually, you just did. Well, a big thank you to uh, Dalton Scottsdale for uh, doing that for us. Uh, hey, it's good to be back with you guys. Uh, it feels like an age since I was here. Uh, my, my, uh, the COVID thing has run through uh, both Carol and me, and so we were down for a few weeks. And so it is good to be back here uh, with you guys today and excited about uh, teaching and preaching today. Actually, I have to show you this. You see my uh, giant uh, heirloom Bible that I have now? Uh, so I had a Bible that I've been preaching from that I got whenever I became a pastor and I've literally been using it for 12 years, and I got to where I couldn't see the words uh, because of my, I think the words got smaller. It has nothing to do with my eyesight getting bad. And so uh, the elders and wives actually just gave this to me for a Christmas gift. You can probably read the words from there. 
Uh, and so this helps me to be able to read the scriptures from up here without uh, having to uh, squint and do all those kind of things. There's not much room left up here for anything else besides my Bible, uh, but that's okay too. But I'm, I'm really excited for that. That's really a, my favorite gift uh, of the season, certainly so far. And so this is a season of giving thanks. What are those things that you're thankful for as we get into the Christmas season? What's, what's the thing, like your top of your list? What are you kind of, man, I'm really thankful for this and kind of celebrating this this Christmas. Tell me. Family, yep. Yeah. What? Elves. <laughs> <laughs> like the movie Elf? <laughs> oh, health. Oh, health. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to need some. Hello. Uh, health. Okay, yeah. Yes. What else? Elves, yes, thank you. <laughs> what else? Jesus, there we go. Thank you. What's what? What, my man? Yes, yeah, celebration of Jesus' birthday. There you go. A man in the corner. What else? What are you thankful for? Friends. Friends, yeah. It's also a season of giving, right? So it, it's, a, it's one of those seasons that we like to give, like as you kind of think through Christmas time and, and the things that you like to give, like what's your favorite thing to give away at Christmas? Love. Ooh. What else? What did she say? Gift cards. Yeah, that's a good one to give. Thank you, lazy person, for not going and picking a gift out for me. Just give me a gift card. Just kidding. What else? What do you like to give? Money. Money, yeah, yeah. What else? What do you like, what do, you like to give? You go, this is my go-to gift. Ah, Robin's cookies, yes, amen. They're all gone at my house already. So if you want to give us some more this week, we're happy to take them, happy to receive them, which brings me to my next point. What is the thing you like to receive? Robin's cookies. Uh, what else? What do you like to receive? Like you go, this is my gift. If somebody gives me this, then I'm really happy about that. A tie? Oh, time. Oh, hello. So can, you, can you turn this up in the booth or something? What else? What do you like to receive? Money, Money yeah, of course. Love. Love. Can you put that in a box, right? What else do you like to say? If you're gonna, what's your gift? You're like, if this is under the tree, like my, my, my Christmas is going to be made. Come on now, you got something. I know. You, it's okay to say it in church. Anything you didn't buy, yeah, that somebody just bought for you, yeah, nice. What, my man, again, what you got? Legos, see there, there's an honest answer. <laughs> Legos, Legos are solid answer. Guitars, yeah. Joy, which brings me to, uh, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for, uh, thanks for bringing us all back to, to uh, what we're talking about today. What, that is the next note on here. Oh, toys, oh, toys. <laughs> Jewelry. Oh, are you from Kasuth? Uh, jewelry. 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 Okay. Gotcha. Well, I heard joy, so that just transitions well to my next point. Joy. I mean, what are the things that bring you joy in the holidays? Other than the things we just talked about? Jewelry. Feeding people. Yeah, that's good. What? Yeah, my man got another. What, what brings you joy, my man? 
Family, yeah. See, he wins today. He is the winner, winner, chicken dinner. Give him a gift card. He wins. No school, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, there, there are lots of things that obviously do that today, and we are in the fourth week of Advent. We're talking about joy today, and so, uh, you know, as we kind of get through uh, the holidays, we say Merry Christmas a lot. We say Happy Holidays a lot. Do you, do you say that to people through the holidays? Do you, do you kind of force people to say Merry Christmas? Are you some of those angry Christians that go, if they don't say Merry Christmas to me, I'm going to say Merry Christmas back to them and make them say Merry Christmas to me, Happy Holidays? Are you all those people? I kind of am, but, I, I, you know, I'm always a Merry Christmas guy. Uh, uh, but, you know, uh, Merry Christmas or ha- Merry and Happy doesn't really get us to the point of, of joy. I mean, they, they really don't get us to uh, joy. And we, we talked about a lot of these different things at Advent. You know, we talked about a lot of different things. We, we talked about hope. Uh, our, our pastors and elders have preached through this. We talked about hope. We talked about love. We talked about peace. And today, it is joy uh, that we're, we're really kind of focusing on. Um, but happiness and Merry Christmas really doesn't get to joy, right? I mean, it really don't get that same kind of understanding. It's not bad to say those things. It's not bad to wish people Merry Christmas or uh, just even Happy Holidays or whatever it is that you want to say. Uh, but, but all that kind of falls short of, of joy whenever we talk about uh, the emotion around joy. Uh, today being the fourth Sunday of Advent, I really want us to think about joy and what that really means to us as Christians. I think first we've got to kind of define joy. And John Piper gives the best definition that I think of, of joy. This is what uh, Piper says. He says, joy is a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Jesus in the word and in his works. Let's just stop, think about that for a minute. The good feeling in the soul, okay, this is a deep, deep feeling within us, produced not that we can't make our own, but produced by the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit is the thing that gives us joy. We don't kind of muster that up on on our own. We don't kind of make ourselves be joyful. It is part of the fruit of the Spirit, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But joy comes from the Holy Spirit as he causes us to actually see to see the beauty of Jesus. As we, as we gaze on Jesus and we think about uh, the life-saving and the life-giving message of the gospel that he has rescued us from our sin, when we think about those kind of things, joy should spring up in our hearts. As we open these big giant Bibles or your little teeny tiny Bibles or the one that you read on your uh, phone, whatever it is, when you open the word, the word should create some type of joy with us, within us if we're followers of Jesus, if we're people who are of part of the promise, if we are the people who have been redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus, whenever we read the scriptures, it should create something in us, some type of joy within us because we've been redeemed, we've been washed and we've been set free from the, uh, uh, by the gospel, amen? And so when we think about the works of Jesus, what are the works of Jesus? What has he done? What, what, what has he done? He's forgiven us, yeah, what else? Yeah, he gave his son, what else? His salvation, he has defeated death, he has defeated hell, he has defeated the grave. We don't have to be fearful of those things anymore. We don't have to be fearful of death. We don't have to be fearful of what it means to leave this life and move into the next life. We don't have to be fearful of God's judgment because he's placed all that on Jesus and we don't have to fear that anymore. That should spring up some joy 
uh, within us for sure. And I, I love this definition because it's really kind of all-encompassing when it comes around joy. Uh, and so let's think through joy just a little bit, uh, a little bit further. Uh, first off, joy is, I mean, it is a feeling, right? You know what it feels like to feel joyful. It is an emotion. It is something of, of, of who we are. We, we know what it feels like to feel joyful, hopefully, uh, but it doesn't come just from something that we muster up ourselves, but it literally comes from our soul. Deep, deep within us is where joy comes from. Our soul is the thing that makes up you and me. I mean, we're, we're made of body and soul, and, and so when things come from deep within our soul, it just hits different, right? It just hits a little different. It comes from deep within our mind, our emotions, our intellect. Joy is sprung up from those kinds of things. And joy is rooted in who God is. Joy is not something that we can, I mean, we can feel like happiness and we can feel uh, uh, some fleeting happiness, but joy comes from who God is. It's not just based on our circumstances or not based on our worldly possessions or anything that we've done. I mean, joy doesn't come from, from winning a game or joy doesn't come from gaining a job because what happens when we win the game? There's another game to play, right? There's a, there's a, it doesn't come from our job because our job gets mundane, right? And sometimes we start looking for other jobs. Joy doesn't come from the things that we gather. Joy, you've heard people just time and time again talk about the fact of, hey, I got everything that I wanted. Think about professional athletes that you hear sometimes and go, man, we've chased this and we've chased that. We've chased after something else. And I never found fulfillment. I never found joy in that. You've heard that before? Yeah, because those things don't give us joy. Those things don't give us lasting joy. No matter how much we love doing something like that, those things in and of themselves don't give us lasting joy. Even in the, the people in our lives uh, don't necessarily bring us all kind of joy. I love my family. I love my wife. I love my children. I love my friends. I love all of you, and I'm, and I'm thankful for you. But those things are fleeting as well, right? Our, our kids do things that make us mad, at least in my house. Your house too? Amen? Yeah. I mean, our, our, our spouses, sometimes get, we get mad at them. I mean, Carol's mad at me half the time about something that I've done, right, Carol? Amen? No, it's not true. <laughs> but those kind of things, they ebb and flow, we, right? Those things ebb and flow, but our joy in the Lord doesn't necessarily do those kind of things. Bible teaches that the source of all joy is who? Come on, so you can say his name out loud here. Yeah, the source of all joy is Jesus. That's where our joy comes from. It comes from Jesus. And for those of us in Christ, those of us in Jesus, those of us who have repented of our sins, who have put our faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus in the gospel, even in the absence of happiness, even in the absence of, of something that is fun, even in this face of difficult situations, our joy is sustained in Jesus. I mean, we as a church, if there's ever been a church acquainted with sorrow and grief, I would say that refuge certainly falls into that category, right? We've, we've experienced enough sorrow and grief, for a, specifically for a church our size, over the last three years to, to last us a lifetime. And it won't be the last time that we walk through times like that. And so we've experienced enough sorrow and enough grief and enough loss over the last few years, that our joy could be stolen from us if our joy was based on our circumstances. 
But if our joy is rooted in the finished work of Jesus, then despite what happens around us, our joy can still be complete. You see what the difference is? My happiness may not be what it is at the moment that I want it to be because of the circumstances that may be around us, but our joy can be full. Our joy can be complete. Our joy can be still expressed even in the face of of difficulty, even in the face of sorrow, even in the face of tragedy, our joy can be full. You know what I'm talking about, church? Those are the differences. Joy despite sorrow because we have a hope and a peace and a love that abounds in Jesus and his resurrection. The scripture says, that I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor, po- nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from that. Nothing can take that away from us. And if your joy ebbs and flows, if your happiness ebbs and flows with your circumstances, if you don't feel joyful around things, then it is my encouragement for you to examine your own heart, to go, am I filled with joy because I am filled with the Holy Spirit of God? Do I actually have real joy in my life? Or do I get moved moved by every wind that comes? Do I get moved by every circumstance that comes? Or do I have a joy that despite the circumstance I find myself in, that I'm still full of joy? If you can say yes to that, then you know that the Spirit of God probably dwells within you. But if you can't say that, then it's our hope today. It's our hope for you specifically today that you would come to know the Savior, the one that is full of joy, the one that brings joy, the one that can only give you joy in those kinds of circumstances. His name is Jesus. So joy is this this glorious emotion. It is, but it's a Holy Spirit-empowered feeling tells us a whole lot. Joy is not something that is produced by you and me. It's a, it's, it's a special thing that comes from the Holy Spirit. It's part of the fruit of the Spirit, right? If you, uh, uh, if you know the fruit of the Spirit, that's in Galatians chapter 5. I've turned it into my giant Bible up here uh, to read that. That's from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Uh, and this is what the scripture says in Galatians 5, 22. You can read that. You can turn there with me if you want to. Uh, <clears throat> Paul says, uh, but the, and, and so what, what he does is he juxtaposes in Galatians like all these things uh, that we're supposed to flee from. So he has a whole list of things that we're supposed to run away from. And I'm not going to get into all those things. I don't have time to, to really dive into all that stuff. But uh, just, I mean, he, he covers the list uh, of anything, uh, uh, of lots of different egregious sins. And at the end of that egregious sin list, he says, and other things like this. So it kind of covers everything, Okay. He says, we need to flee from those kind of things. And then literally in the next verse, then he says, but, so it's changing, uh, changing direction. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit, when we're not engaging ourselves in those kind of things, the, the fruit of the Spirit, the outflow of the Spirit, the fact that the Spirit lives with us and we live a certain way is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against th- such things there is no law. And he goes on to say, and those who belong to Christ Jesus, listen, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. He says, if we belong to Jesus, listen, church, if you belong to Jesus, he says, the fruit of the spirit, the, 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 uh, 
If the spirit lives within you, then the fruit, the thing that comes out, like you're a tree. I'm a tree. You're all, let's all pretend to be trees. Stick your arms out like this. All right. Some of y'all, I don't see some branches on some of y'all. I need y'all to participate. Come on. There we go. Come I don't see everybody with some branches. So say this. I'm a tree. Yeah, okay. And so, wait, don't put your branches down. I know your arms are tired. Uh, and so just think of yourself as a tree. And so the fruit of the Spirit, what would happen if fruit grows? It would like grow in the branches, right? Yeah, you would have fruit. We'd be, we're fruit trees. Okay, say, I'm a fruit tree. I'm a fruit tree. Say, I'm fruity. <laughs> just, kidding. just kidding, sorry. I'm a fruit tree. And so the fruit of the Spirit, so if the Spirit lives within me, then the fruit of the Spirit living within me is going to come out and it's going to be produced fruit, right? And so that fruit is what? You put your arms down now, please. What is it? What, what's the fruit that grows on me if the Spirit lives within me? Joy. What else? Peace, patience, kindness, Goodness, gentleness, self-control, all that grows from us if the Spirit lives within us. And so he says that if we, belong to, uh, if we belong to Christ, then we have crucified our old self and new fruit begins to grow. That's literally how you look at yourself and go, am I part of the family of God? Is there a fruit of the spirit that lives within me that produces, it, it produces this fruit? All these things, not, these aren't fruits of the spirit. This is the fruit of the spirit, okay? These things come out of you if the spirit lives within you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And then he says this, if we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another envying one another. And so we can look at ourselves and go, I mean, I mean, Paul writes this Galatians and says, pretty straightforward. You can look at your life and say, does my life line up with this? And it's the spirit of God actually living within me. Hey, listen, if the spirit of God doesn't live within you, if you examine your life right now and you go, I don't really see any of this in my life, then today come to Jesus then today, repent, go, go, clearly the Spirit doesn't live within me, and, and I want the Spirit to live within me. I want to follow Jesus. I want to know Jesus. I want to turn away from my sin. I want the Spirit to fill me. Today can be your day of salvation. Today can be the day that the Spirit indwells you. The Scripture says, whenever we repent of our sins and believe the gospel, that the Spirit of God lives within us and dwells us, and he is the one that empowers us to live this life that he calls us to. He is the one that produces these things in us. We don't produce these things ourselves. This is a fruit of the what? Spirit, the spirit living within us whenever we repent and believe uh, the gospel. So joy is this special emotion uh, that is produced whenever we are connected to the Holy Spirit, okay? Joy comes from the Holy Spirit. But why is it so special? Because it is connected uh, from the Holy Spirit and allows us to see Jesus for who he is. Allows us to know Jesus for who he is. Allows us to know the Savior intimately and personally. We can all feel happiness, but joy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. 
How do we see Jesus? We just talked about that. Through his word and through the work. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. We learn these things, many of these things, by reading the scriptures. Learning about who God is from reading the scriptures. We learn and know Jesus by reading the word. And one of the, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to take the word of God and illuminate it so we can understand it. Listen, if you pick up the Bible and you open it and go, man, I just don't understand any of this. And I just, I can pick it up anywhere I read and I just don't get any of it. Like it, it's all really confusing to me. Then, the, then we have to question, does the spirit of God live within us? Because when the spirit of God lives within us, the scripture tells us that the spirit illuminates and helps us understand. You don't have to understand the whole thing. You don't have to go into the Old Testament and go, well, Habakkuk means, you know, in this story in Habakkuk, uh, this is what happened. You, you don't have to know that. But if the, you know that the story is leading you to Jesus and is pointing you to Jesus, then that's evidence that the spirit of God actually lives within you. If you are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, he is continually pointing you to Jesus by helping you understand his word. So, as we said here all the time, the Bible is about pointing us to Jesus from the beginning, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. The Bible speaks about Jesus. And so, I want to take today and my remaining time, which is not long, and, uh, and I want you to, I want to point out some scriptures that points us to the joy that we find in the Lord, okay? Because the joy is our day. So Romans chapter 15 is where we'll go first. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. How, do, how does this happen for us? How, do, how does the God fill us with joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the what? <clears throat> Come on, participate with me, people. By the power of what? Of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. How does the Holy Spirit help us? Whenever we're what? Yeah, whenever we're filled with joy, but the Holy Spirit comes whenever we're Christians, right? Again, you don't have the Spirit of God that lives within you unless you're a Christian. The Spirit doesn't indwell us if we're not Christians. And so for the Spirit to indwell us and empower us and fill us with joy and peace and believing, we have to be born again. And so if you have these kind of things, it is our hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So we should, in believing, what are we believing? We're believing the gospel. We're believing that God loves us and that Jesus came and lived in our place and he died in our place and he has given us his righteousness. That is the gospel message. That's why we should be so joyful because we have the righteousness of Christ given to us. You as a people of God, as a follower of Jesus, literally are in right standing with God. You're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus. That, if nothing else, should bring us great joy. That there's, that there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That the condemnation that God would have on us because of our sin has been laid on Jesus, not on you. May he empower us that you may abound in hope, so that you may oh, be overjoyed in hope, that you may, remember we say where sin abounds, What? Grace much more abounds, that we want, to, we want much more abounding in hope because of the love of Jesus. What else points us to joy? James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3 says, count it all what? J Come on, people. Y'all killing me. Come on now. I ain't been here in a month. 
Yeah, there we go. Count it all what? Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. What? I don't like, who likes trials? Nobody. Nobody likes a trial. Nobody likes to be walking through things. But Paul, uh, but James says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Why? For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. What does it mean whenever you endure a trial? In light of what we're talking about, what would that mean? If we're enduring some kind of trial that, this, that the Lord is allowing to come into our life, one, it's an evidence that the Spirit of God fills us, right? Because the testing of our faith is producing within us steadfastness, standing firm, standing strong in the face of a test or an opposition because the Spirit of God is strengthening our inner person. We're being strengthened by our inner person. So when those trials come, sometimes that's an evidence that the Spirit of God lives within us so that he, stand, he helps us stand even in the middle of the worst times of our life. He helps us endure through those very difficult times of our life. And that produces steadfastness. That produces within us an inner strength. So sometimes when those trials come, it's a great evidence that the Lord is helping us through and conforming us and forming us into the image of Jesus, pushing off those old things in our life, sloughing off those old habits in our life in the middle of a trial to form us and make us more like Jesus. That should bring us more joy whenever we look more like Jesus. The psalmist said this, clap your hands, all people. Clap your hands, people. Come on. Yes. Come on. Come on. Hey, shout to God with loud songs of joy. Somebody shout really loud. Yay, yeah, look at that. Y'all a bunch of charismatics. Yeah, uh, yeah. so the scripture tells us that, that we should shout to joy with a, with a loud sound. Now, here's what I'm going to say. Uh, it, I love our band. Who loves our band? Yeah, yeah, our band, like, yeah, yeah. Come on, clap your hands, yeah. Listen. I love worship time here as our band sings a place. I'm going to tell you, look, for a church our size, uh, we are abundantly, where, where good bands abound, uh, <laughs> musicians abound all the more here at Refuge, amen? I'm telling you, we are like abundantly blessed with uh, musicians and singers that are, just give, that give this away. None of them get anything. There's no compensation. They, they do all this because they are gifted and they want to do it for the joy of the Lord and for our edification. Man, I want you to participate in that. And I'm going to specifically speak to you dudes. All you dudes, stand up. Is this thing on? Hello, hello. Dudes, sing. Not right now. <laughs> Listen to me. Sing. Songs, the Psalms all through the scripture are, are songs to the Lord. They're, they're, they're overflows of people's hearts to the Lord. And singing is lifting up our voices to our king. Singing is part of us proclaiming and declaring the goodness of God. And as men who are called to lead our families, what does it say? 
What does it say to our wives? What does it say to our children? What does it say to people around us? If whenever in the middle of singing and declaring goodness of the Lord, this is what we do. I don't care if you're a good singer. I I really don't care. We play the music so loud in here, can't nobody hear you but the Lord anyway. (laughs) I'm not even kidding, right? Like people literally next to you can't hear you sing. And probably for most of y'all, that's good. Uh, Listen, I'm, I'm as serious as I can be. Sing. This is part of what it means to lead your family. If my wife looks over at me and I'm, looking, I'm doing this in the middle of, of time when we're singing songs, what does it say to her about the way I feel about the Lord, about the, celebrating the goodness of God in our lives? What does it say if I'm a mute in the middle of the way this band praises the Lord, in the middle of the congregation, the time that we as the church get to gather together as the leader of our families that I'm called to lead by proclaiming the goodness of God? Now, it sounds like I'm scolding you, and I am a little bit. But from, from this day forward, from today forward, I want you to proclaim, the ex- declare the excellencies of the Lord when this body gathers together. You may go, well, I ain't coming back. Well, that's another conversation we'll have. You with me, men? Sing. Make a noise. A joyful noise unto the Lord. Clap your hands, shout to God with loud songs of joy. You may be seated. Ladies, you ain't off the hook. Y'all stand up. Come on, I ain't playing. Now, as much as I just said that to your husbands and to the men in this room. I'm saying it to you. You may walk in here and you may not feel good. You may walk in here and you don't feel like praising the Lord. But the best way for things to, to slough off some of those worries and those cares whenever you walk in this door is to what? Lift up your voices to the Lord. I can promise you, if you sing some of those words that we sang today and you sing them to the Lord, you'll forget about what it is that you walked in on that was on your back today, okay? You don't have to have a beautiful voice. You don't have to sing like Leanna. You don't have to sing like anybody at all. You can sing more like other people that... Uh, because, again, we're not going to hear you. We want you to sing unto the Lord. Because, again, your children are going to look around at you and go, well, Mama don't care to sing, so I ain't going to care to sing either. Okay? We lead our family. We're, we're discipling our families as we sit in a gathering space like this and as the band plays their hearts out and we sit there and we sing, then we're discipling those little short people in our house that this is what it looks like to worship the Lord together. Ladies, sing. Amen? Oh, y'all be seated. Do it. Bring your tambourine, girl. That's what I'm talking about. I ain't scared of a tambourine. I got four of them in my office. So if you forget one, I'll loan you one. And I promise you, if you'll do that, you, it will fill you with joy. 
You sing up, you sing the loud, pretend you got a microphone in your hand, you sing in the top of your lungs. I'm telling you, there'll be great joy that wells up within you. Let's keep going. Ecclesiastes says, go, eat your bread with joy, drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Man, you kidding me? It's Christmas season. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Go, eat, and drink, and be merry. I'm telling you, go and celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Celebrate the goodness of the Lord. Celebrate around a table. Whenever you have, whenever, when it's Christmas time and it's Christmas morning or Christmas, whenever you do your meal, set a bountiful feast in front of people, in front of your family, and enjoy, take in the goodness of the Lord. Celebrate, let there be much joy around your table. Look, there may be difficult times. We've all, again, we've all walked through difficult times in the season, and this may be a heavy time for you for whatever reason. But I'm telling you, sit around your table and celebrate the goodness of the Lord at your table. Remind yourself of the goodness of the Lord whenever you sit around your table. Whenever you put a bountiful feast out, ask the people around you to say, how has the Lord been good to us? What brings joy to your life in the middle of this Christmas season? Ask people around it and celebrate the goodness of God in around your table. <laughs> the writer says, go eat your bread with joy. When you tear up some wonder bread, then just tear it up in joy. Drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. How good is that? God has already approved what you do in Christ Jesus. My good. Why has he done that? Because we get the righteousness of Christ credited to us. He said, you are approved because of Jesus. Amen? Man, that's good. Proverbs says this, the hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Listen, for those of you who are in Christ Jesus, the hope, the hope of the future, the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, the fact that whenever we move from this life to the next, whenever we close our eyes here, we awaken in the presence of the Lord, my goodness, what hope that should bring us. We're not a people who should fear death. Look, I don't want to die tomorrow. I don't want to die on the way home. I'm not ready to go yet, but I'm telling you when it is my time, because God has appointed the ends from the beginnings. He knows what my days are. 86 years is what I'm pretty sure it is going to be for me. Because uh, I graduated in 1986. Uh, uh, whatever the number is, whatever God has appointed me from the ends, from the beginnings, uh, the hope of the righteous brings joy. The hope that I have, the fact that I belong to Jesus, the fact that he rescued me out of the pit, the fact that he changed a, 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 a guy that was like me, that was running after all the wrong things, chasing after all the wrong things, and awakened my heart to the gospel brings great joy to me, that the God of the universe would love me. Are you kidding me? Most of y'all just know me as preacher. Y'all don't know the old me. Y'all don't, y'all didn't know big fun in college. I mean, I'm just not big fun as I used to be, but uh, kind of fun, but not that crazy fun. Uh, but I'm telling you, I was rescued out of the pit, man. Some of you were too. Some of you ain't even been in the pit, and, that's, and you've still been rescued. You still, like, you, righteousness like filthy rags. And God has rescued you out of that same filthiness. It's given you hope. The hope of the righteous brings joy. We should be the most joyful people. I, I, uh, Ray Orland says that uh, uh, Christians should be the most celebratory people that there are. That we should be the most celebratory people. We should be the happiest people. We should be the most joy-filled people because we have hope. We're not a people who don't have hope. We live as people with hope, and so we should be people filled with joy. These people literally should go, what is wrong with you people? 
you guys are so happy even in the middle of difficult situations because we're filled with joy, the joy of the Lord. First Peter says this, though you have not seen him, you love him, right? Anybody seen Jesus? Nope, don't say you have. Because <laughs> you crazy. Uh, you ain't seen the Lord face to face. You'd, be, he'd, you'd die. Uh, but we, uh, though you have not seen him, Peter says, you love him. Though you, do not now, though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Think about that. We worship a God who we've never seen. We worship Jesus whom we've never seen. We worship God who literally we've never seen. We say we are filled with the Spirit who we've never seen. And though you do not see him, we believe in him and we rejoice with joy. We rejoice over the fact that we are saved, that we've been, we been rescued from our sin, that we have a hope and a future, that this is not all there is, and that is inexpressible and filled with glory. And because why? We get to obtain the outcome of our faith. What is it? Salvation of our souls. The outcome of our faith is salvation of our souls as we're informed, conformed into the image of Jesus that our souls are saved. We are continually being saved. We are continually being changed and formed and, and conformed to the image of Jesus. You should look more like Jesus today than you did last year. You should look more like Jesus today than you did two months ago. Look, our trajectory is not some nice smooth line, but the reality is we should be moving in toward Christ's likeness in our lives. We may take four steps forward and three steps back. That may happen to us from time to time. It will happen. We should continually be looking more like Jesus if we're filled with the Spirit of God. Amen? John says this, Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face-to-face so that our joy may be complete. Listen, I'm going to say this because this, this is why I put this verse in there. <coughs> uh, uh, John said... Uh, I want to write to you, and I'd like to write this letter to you, but I'd rather not use paper and ink. And so today, John would probably say, I got something to say to you, but I really don't want to send you a text message, okay? I don't want to send you a text. Why do you think he would say that today? Because if I'm sending you a text message... This is cool. <laughs> I send you a text message, and I'm sending it from here. Where am I? Are y'all responding because I can't hear you in here? <laughs> I'm all alone, and I'm isolated, right? I'm by myself in there, and I can feel like I'm connected because of these things. I can feel like I'm connected to you because I sent you a text message. I can feel like I'm connected to you because I liked your something you put on social media. And I see what you're doing out there. The reality is, as good as these things are, they're no substitute for us being face-to-face. And and that's what John was saying here. He said, I I have much to say, and I'd rather not send you a text message Uh, Instead, I hope to come to you and talk to you face-to-face so that our joy may be complete. What does that mean? That means that we need each other. 
Listen, you who live in isolation, you are perfect prey for our enemy. You hear me? Listen, if you live in isolation, I'm talking to you. You who live in isolation, who kind of hold yourself off from the rest of these people. Look around this room. Everybody look around. Look at somebody besides me. Look around. You who live in isolation away from all these other people, these people who have chosen for this to be their church home, for this to be their people, for this to be our family. We talk about family here at Refuge a lot because we are adopted into the family of God. We are made a family together because of Christ Jesus. Whenever we isolate ourselves from one another, we are perfect prey for the enemy. What happens whenever we're by ourselves? We get lured into things we wouldn't do in public. We get lured into the things we wouldn't do with brothers and sisters around us. Whenever I'm by myself and I'm away from my brothers, guess what? I get tempted in a lot of ways that would never tempt me whenever I'm hanging out with my elder brothers. Why? Because they're there to help me. They're there to protect me. They're there to speak into my life and go, what are you doing? Are you an idiot? We don't like people to say that to us a lot, but we need that. This is what John says. He said, I don't want to write to you because I need to look at you in the face. Man, please, if, if I could say one thing that I hope for you in 2022 is that you become part of this, this church community. That you find a gospel community group that you can become part of this church family so that people, and we can talk about sin, we can fight sin together. We can talk about the difficulties. We can hold each other up whenever we need to. We can support people in the middle of our darkest days. We need that to happen. You can't live this Christian life in isolation. It was never, ever meant to be that way. Never, ever meant to be that way. It's meant to live in community with one another. John says, I want to come to you. I want to be face to face. Why? so that our joy may be complete. My joy won't be complete when I try to do this by myself. Neither will yours. We need one another. Luke says this, <clears throat> just so I tell you there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. You want to talk about heaven celebration? Where does the celebration happen when somebody comes to know Jesus? Where? In heaven, yeah. Think about that. The time when you got saved, whenever you repented and believed that there was celebration in heaven over the fact that you became a Christian. And if you're here and you're outside the household of faith now, that you're not a Christian yet, the time whenever you come to know Jesus, there will be more celebrations in heaven. And there'll be more celebrations in heaven over your coming to know Jesus than the rest of us who are already Christians because we'll be celebrating you coming to know Jesus. Amen? Man, that's what we want to see happen. Lastly, and Nehemiah says this. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, and drink the sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing, all, nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Listen, he says, <clears throat> uh, enjoy yourself, but whenever you do, invite somebody in. We talk about community here all the time. Uh, one of the things that brings me great joy is for you to come around my table. For you to come around, for you to come to our home, for you to eat some food in our house, for you to uh, uh, spend some time with us and be in our home. I love the fact that people come to our home. And let's just know that we, we tell people all the time, our door's always open. We want you to come into our home. And I want you to spend time in each other's home. Uh, uh, Nehemiah said, uh, 
uh, do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So what, what do we do with all this? Um, it's important for us to know what God says about these things, and I think he's given us something here. So let's pull this all together again. Joy is the different feeling in our souls produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Jesus in his word and in his works. Joy is what we're celebrating uh, this last Sunday of Advent. Joy is what we ask the Holy Spirit for. And the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. What this means is that even in bad times, knowing who God is, knowing what God can do, these things go out. He will accomplish what he says he'll do, and he will strengthen us. It's okay to wish somebody happy holidays. It's okay to wish somebody Merry Christmas. This season is about finding joy. This season is about finding joy. Jesus, God in the flesh, came down from heaven for sinful mankind. He came down. He lived a life we cannot live. He did it. Yeah, he, did. he didn't sin in any way. He went to the cross to bear our sin. The scripture said that he was buried. In a grave, and three days later, God raised him from the dead, victorious over sin and death and hell. We don't have to live in our sin anymore because Jesus has conquered sin and hell and death. We don't have to work for it. We just have to believe in Jesus and his saving work with our whole hearts. The scripture says this, that we become part of the family of God. We get these benefits from God whenever we repent and believe the gospel. Repentance means to turn away from our sin. If you're here and you're figuring out that I'm not a Christian and the Spirit of God doesn't live within me, we do this. We repent, which means go, God, I recognize that I'm a sinner, that I need your salvation, that I, that I recognize I sin against you, and I want to repent from my sins, which means I want to do something different. I want to turn away from my sins and go in a different direction toward you, God, and believe that so we repent and believe the gospel. You may have heard it said, we ask Jesus into our hearts. That's not biblical language. Okay? Biblical language is we repent and believe the gospel. We believe the gospel, which means we believe that Jesus lived the life I cannot live. He died the death I deserve to die, and God has raised him from the dead, and he is ever interceding on my, my behalf. Whenever we put our faith and trust in him, we gain all his righteousness, and he gets all our sin. And that's how we become right with God. And that is cause for joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. It is my hope for you, for each of you, that this Christmas will be filled with the joy of the Lord. Let me pray for us.